Hello, good evening. I am Anita Helm, and this is being brought to you by Fordos Productions. Tonight's episode is Dismantling the Snake of Rejection. And I wanted to share that if you have someone you know that is going through a struggle emotionally, I am sharing with you, I believe this is going to be meaningful in the message and the importance and invite and share with, with them this link so that they can hear this message. I got to tell you something. I had to admit in my prayer time to the Lord that I did not have an appreciation for how devious and sinister the inward game of what Satan does as the snake of rejection and how he really tries to crumble many of us from the inside out regarding our emotions. And it wasn't until the last probably 24 months that I've gone through grief and different things in my experience that I can see how those people who don't have a foundation, don't know who the Lord is, does, don't know the word of God, don't know that God will never leave you or forsake you, how they must feel on the inside as Satan has this boom box telling them all of these lies and evil things about themselves and what they're not to God and how they just are just not enough. And tonight we're going to start tackling this serpent, this snake of rejection right at its heart. And so I want to give you some clarification about something about rejection, because many of you will think, oh, this is about boy, girl, man, or woman in a relationship or romance. But this is about every aspect of relationship, especially with the relationship of yourself your appearance, how you feel about every part of your body, from your nose, your eyes, your stomach, your gut, your legs, you're short, you're tall, you're too dark, you're too light, you have no boobs, you have some boobs, your penis is big, your penis is small, all these things that you talk to yourself about. In addition, how others feel about you, your mama don't love you as your daddy loved you. Oh, you think that your brothers and sisters get special attention. You think that that man that walked away from you, whether in divorce or he walked away from you from cheating or your baby daddy or your baby mama, or you have these situations at work where people don't like you or they talk about you or you got fired, you didn't get fired. Oh, you got this sickness, you didn't get that sickness. You are able to have a baby. You're not able to have a baby. You have menopause and you're sweating. Oh, you, oh your hair is lost. All these different top topics and talks that you have on the inside of your mind, in the free rent of your own mind, that the thoughts that attack you, that the negative things that you're thinking about yourself and what you think others think about you. And even when people do say evil, nasty things to you, there's part of you that believe it. There's part of you that embrace it and keep festering it and putting it on a repeat and replay to the point that you believe a lie. And I want you to understand that all of that are parts of the serpent and the snake of Satan in his quest to cause you to reject everything about who God knows you to be, who God loves you enough that he went to die for you. And the reason why I tell you that is because as we start to see more and more people struggling to want to live in this life, a lot of it is because internally they found themselves 
isolating themselves from people, from activities, from this living, because what is going on in their head, on their insides is crumbling them to the place that they can't take it. They can't even allow themselves to sometimes be awake and not have things in their ears and having all this stuff coming at them because they're like, I just don't like myself. I don't like myself. I don't like myself. I don't like my life. And they think the lies that if I can just take my life, it'll all stop. And that is the lie from the pit of hell. It is the demon of Satan trying to steal, kill, and destroy. So as I share that with you, I want to go to prayer because I pray to God that he's going to open my heart for his anointed to come through tonight so that he can help some people that it can help some people that want to do self-harm to themselves. And if they haven't already started doing self-harm, that they would stop and get some help. And tonight, I hope to share with you three tools to help with the dismantling, the tearing down. That's why you see these this graphic on my thumbnail of these tools. Ultimately, you need God. And even if you find that you don't have God, you can have him tonight. It's never too late to tell God you need his help. You need him to love you. You need him to be a part of your life. So let's go to the Lord in prayer for this time about dismantling the snake of rejection. Father, we're coming before you tonight. It's serious, God. Young and old are saying that they are so inadequate. They're not enough. They don't believe they're lovable. They believe that they're unwanted and unworthy to be loved and cared for. And they believe that they're all alone and by themselves. And God, that is not true. It's my prayer, Father, that this night in your son's name, through the blood, through the anointing of your Christ, Father, that you would allow anyone under the sound of my voice to understand that you love them and that the words of rejection and feeling that they are not enough and that you don't think of them as enough, that they will understand that is the lie of the enemy in their life. And I pray God for the strongholds to be broken through the spirit of God, through the blood of God, through the truth of God's word tonight. It's because of your son. He knew all of our sin and he still came. And it's in his name and through his power, we make this prayer. Now, tonight we're going to have scripture that I'm going to repeat. And I'm going to repeat it because I want you to hear it in different translations, because I want you to hear what this message is talking about, especially when it comes to our thought life and the strongholds in our thought life. What you're thinking, what people can't see, you know, the words are not coming up like some bubble on a cartoon, but God is understanding you are thinking these thoughts in your mind and your countenance on, on the outside is showing something's not right. And even when you see all of these comedians, can you imagine the comedians that have killed themselves that they make for a living to make us laugh, but they are killing themselves. They can be jokey, jokey, entertaining, entertaining, but something on their mental inside game is tormenting them to the point they say they want to kill themselves. So let's go to the first scripture tonight. It's going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 6. And we're going to read it in three different translations. But this is the first translation, the New Living Translation. And it's going to be a part of the strongholds I want you to see from the beginning. It says, we are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. 
We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. And after you have become fully obedient, we will punish everyone who remains disobedient. Now, here's the thing I want you to know before we go to the next scripture. We're humans. There's a difference between an animal and a human. I know all of these dog reels and cat reels and animal reels, and we just love our pets and, you know, they're just so lovable and they have emotions. So we think, and we want to make sure they're okay. And PETA has this to make sure nobody's inhumanely done and all that makes sense. But as human beings, I want you to understand that at the fall of man from Genesis, it was a wild animal that was the trickery, the crafty one, the serpent, the snake. And what you're going to hear in the scripture is that we as humans made in God's image and likeness were told that we were being made in their image. That means the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And our purpose was to rule over, have dominion over all of the animals to include those animals creeping along the ground. And what you have to remember about that snake is that if you've ever seen one of those snakes that raises up, most times snakes are slitherers there on the ground. But whether that snake was up or on the ground, it was never supposed to be the place of us to allow it to have dominion over us. And when you see this scripture talking about the situation of strongholds, about human reasoning, the reasonings that we are bringing in our internal thoughts is rebellious against who God says we are, is rebellious against what emotions God has toward us, which is love. And all we can think of, some of us, is that we're nothing. We don't mean anything to God. We don't mean anything to our family. We don't mean anything to our friends. We don't mean anything. We're nothing. And that's how far people are getting to, to the point that they want to say, well, if I'm really all that nothing, I don't mean anything to anybody. Nobody cares about me. I really don't have to be here anymore because who cares? And that's not true. Now, this scripture I'm going to read is from Genesis 1, 26 to 27. We're going to get into the second Corinthians as we go over these scriptures tonight. But I wanted you to have the perspective of that foundation to know that the strongholds are a mental game. It's about our reasoning. It's about those arguments that are in our head against us. The arguments are not as much about others because Satan could get you to be nasty to others, right? But his ultimate game is not so much about the others. Yes, you can hurt them, but he wants you to hurt yourself. He wants you to tear yourself down because ultimately he thinks, well, if I can get you out of the game, that's one less person that God's going to save and I can get you to go on to be in hell with him. And what you're going to see in the fall of man is that he had us sever our relationship with God to the point that Christ came and had to reestablish a right relationship because of him giving his sinless blood. But Satan had the man, father and, you know, man and woman, Adam and Eve. 
He had them go through the separation of us having sin in our lives to have death if we don't accept Christ. So Genesis chapter one, verses 26 to 27 says, then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. That's in Genesis 1. They speak about that wild animal. And the first thing you're going to see in Genesis 3, verses 1 through 3, it's going to talk about the serpent being more crafty than all the other wild animals. But remember, we're human. We're made in God's likeness and image, but those animals are not. So this enemy already knew what God had said about our position. And when you start to see the first tool, which is going to be the tool of the mirror, for you to remember every time you look at a mirror, every time you wake up and go to the bathroom, I want you to look in that mirror and remind yourself the image that is in front of you is made in the image and likeness of God. Our behaviors don't act like at times the image and likeness of God, but we were created in the very image and likeness and not the animals, not the serpent that is going to think of himself so highly that he says, I'm going to go after who God loves, who God thought enough to make in his image and likeness. I'm going to go after them. And what you will see with Satan he takes the opportune time to come in and make you doubt God and call God the liar. Tell God doesn't tell you the truth. Say God doesn't love you. God wants to withhold from you. God doesn't mean you well. He means to keep something from you because guess what? You're really not enough. You're really lacking. And the lie of the devil is to not remind you and how you have the mirror in front of you to say you are made in God's image and likeness. All three in one God, you're made in the image and likeness of God. It says, now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say? This is the, the same lie. Did God really say he loves you? Did God really say he came? To die for you? Did God really think that he found you loving and beautiful? Did God really think you were enough of a person that he'd want to come? Did God really say he'd loved you in spite of the sin that he knows you've done? Did God really say that if you were to hurt yourself, it would hurt him? Did really God say how important you are in this life to him? Did God really have a purpose for your being? All of this, he's questioning Eve. Did God really say, you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said, here's the ill-advised. When you find that you're talking to someone that wants to destroy you, maybe you don't know. She didn't know it's a serpent. It had never attacked they had dominion over it. So this conversation, remember, they're in the garden. The garden 
And all of the things that God has said, this is good, this is good, it's good. And we got to man, he said, it's very good. But everything in that garden, to include the relationship with God, was intact. But this serpent took the opportune time to come speak to Eve, knowing Adam was right there. But guess what he didn't do? He didn't go to the source. He knows to go to the weak link. He didn't, this serpent in all his wilds and craftiness didn't go to God. He didn't challenge God in his thinking. He knew better. But the serpent and the snake knows to come after you in your weakened condition, in your loneliness condition, in the area that you will be tempted to give thought to give communication. So she's got the question on the table and she comes back and starts the conversation. And in your head, when he starts to belittle you and tell you how you're not enough, to tell you, has God really said about the truth and the promises of God and the word of God? You start biting on the conversation, talking back to him, letting the, the small volume of the hint of insecurity that he's speaking into your life, you start turning the volume up. You start repeating it, replaying it, repeating it, replaying it. And each time you repeat it and replay it, it goes higher and higher to the point you're having a conversation with the enemy. The liar is telling you more and more and truth is getting pushed out further and further down and you're listening to the lie. And look what Eve does. The woman said to the serpent, we may eat from the trees in the garden, but God did say, you must not eat from the fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. And we all know that she got that scripture wrong. She got the direction and instruction wrong, but she should have never even been in the conversation. And her husband was right there. Here's more of the rejection slithering in, getting under your surface, getting under your skin because he says, okay, she doesn't even know what he said. And when he starts to speak to you in the quietness of your mind, in the trouble of your mind, he starts to get you thinking things that God never said. He comes back and says this to Eve. You will not certainly die. God's a liar. God's lying to you. You've got this wrong. You don't know him at all. Your relationship with him is so suspect. You don't even know he's withholding stuff that you, you should have. You should know. You're not in a good enough relationship. You're not good enough as a person, Eve. You say, why are you, Sister Helm, why are you adding to this? I'm not trying to add to it for this. I'm trying to have you see that when Satan, the serpent, comes at you in the quietness of your thought life, he's bringing rebellion against God. He's bringing the lies of the enemy to you. And the more you listen, the more you keep contemplating, the more you keep talking back, you're all at the point of where Mother Eve was. She's heard all of this stuff. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. It's gone from a conversation to now she's going to look because she's not only had the conversation with the devil, the serpent, the enemy. She's going to go from having a conversation looking. And some of you, when the serpent starts talking and you give all this snake time, well, maybe I'm not 
who I thought I was. Maybe God doesn't love me like I thought. Maybe the people over there, they're really not my friends and I shouldn't be a part of them. Maybe my mom and dad really don't care like they think. Maybe they do care about my little sister better than me. Maybe I don't look the way that I should and maybe I should go get cosmetic surgery because I'm really ugly. I just don't like the way this looks. Maybe I'm not a real woman because I can't do this. Maybe I'm not a man because I don't have a girlfriend. Maybe all these things that I've been thinking are really true to the point that Eve has now gone from having an ill-advised conversation, forgetting the tool of she's in the very image and likeness of God to the point now she's looking at a tree that she's not supposed to have anything to do with. And she says, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, that man that really doesn't really love you, he's pleasing to the eye, but he's married. She's pleasing to the eye, but she only wants you for your money. That crack cocaine is pleasing for a season, but it's for your addiction. That feeling inadequate and cutting on yourself is not to help you, but to harm you. And all Satan wanted to do was start a conversation to dismantle you, but I'm trying to share the tools of how you need to dismantle him and his seizing the opportunities to destroy you. And what does she do? She took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her. And when you have festering thoughts in your head and other lonely people, suffering people around you, and you all are talking together, and that's why you see some people doing these crazy packs together to say, oh, if you do it, I'll do it. If you smoke, I'll smoke. If you drink, I'll drink. If you hurt yourself, I'll hurt yourself. Have you tried cutting? Let me try cutting. All this stuff is a pattern of Satan wanting to destroy. It says, then the eyes of both of them were open and they realized they were naked. So this, they sewed fig trees together and made coverings for themselves. Their relationship with God immediately changed to the point that they thought they had to cover themselves up and hide. When you are going through rejection, internal reasoning in your mind that you're not good enough, and that God is not good enough and he's, he's not going to want to be around you, you start covering up, you start hiding, you start withdrawing, you start isolating, you start moving back, moving back. I can't be a part of him. I can't be a part of them. I don't need them to see me because I'm not good enough. I'm in a fix where nobody wants me, nobody loves me. I'm all by myself. I'm alone. And I've got so much going on in my mind because this person has left me and they've shown me that I'm not good enough for them. They've walked away out of our relationship. I got fired at the job. I wasn't good enough at the job. All this stuff starts to fester in your head and it's all to separate you from the relationship of remembering who are you. Your value is not about your looks. Your value is not about who's with you. Your value to God is not about the things. It's just you. He came to give his life for you and it had nothing to do with your outside appearance, but what's on the inside. And that's why Satan's whole objective is to destroy you from the inside out. Then the man and the wife, his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking 
in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord called to the man, where are you? Answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid. Because I was naked, so I hid. Rejection causes you to be afraid of God, afraid of your family, afraid of your friends, afraid of who you are, afraid to even realize that you are somebody important. And you start hiding. You can hide behind drugs, makeup, hair, clothes, people that you shouldn't be hanging around. All these things, hiding, hiding, hiding. Because you don't want people to see that you're hurting on the inside, that the voices are getting louder on the inside to tell you how bad you are, how awful you are, how ugly you are, all these negative things. The boom box is getting louder and louder and louder. And you don't know how you're going to cope. The Lord goes on to have this conversation. And then the blame games happens. And you all have read this passage before. The man said, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. Made it just simple. Oh, he deceived me. But here's the thing. He not only deceived her, he made her forget who she was. Adam allowed this to happen because it was out of order. But the first tool is to remind yourself through the mirror, who are you? What is your role? God says we are to have dominion over, not under, but over. He didn't intend for us to think of ourselves as less than, but somehow Satan and the serpent of rejection has caused us to have a mode of operandi, a behavior that when we look in any mirror, when we look at the phone in our reflection, when we look at the rearview mirror of our cars, when we look at the refraction of a microwave, what we see back at us, we think is not enough, ugly, unacceptable, something that to be yuck, thrown away. That's what the Satan, the serpent of rejection is doing to us daily. And it's against the plan of God. It's against the order of God, the creation of God. He never thought of us as not enough. He loved us enough that all of them, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, had a plan to allow Jesus Christ to come to save us from this awful situation that happened in Genesis 3 for that conversation that never should have happened. Now, The first tool, like I said, is the mirror. Remember, the second tool is earplugs. We have to stop listening to the voice of the serpent. The snake is all in our ears. We are giving more snake time than we are giving to God. We are giving the the media, the telephones, every entity that Satan is using to speak to us, to tell us, We are not worthy. We are not loved. We are inadequate. We are just on the dirt, on the ground, slithering. And that is not who God made us to be. He did not come for us to hear from the devil more than we hear from him. When you understand 
The reasoning of the strongholds is to make you forget who you are and whose you are. We have to put the earplugs in our ear as a tool that we stop listening to the voice of the enemy. The voice of the enemy will only tell us, did God really say? And God knows that once you do this, you're going to have the ability to be like him. We're already made in his image and likeness. For those of us who are Christians, we already have the Holy Spirit within us. We are the body of Christ. We are the church. We are all one members. But if you keep listening to the snake time, you will think you are nothing but a lowly creature going amongst the ground. And guess what? If you're so close to the ground, you might as well go on and and just end it. Be on under the ground because the lie of the devil says if you end it, that's all it is. That's it's it's over. And that is a lie because it's not over. This is a natural realm that has a finite beginning and an end, but the eternal realm does not have an end. And Satan knows if he can keep lying to you and make you believe this rejection on the inside to the point you want to still kill and destroy your life, you are going to eternity. With no end, no exit signs, no doors, no clock saying that it's going to punch and it's going to be over. It will be eternally with no end with him in the lake of fire with all the demonic. Those hosts that fell, they're not angels anymore. They're demons. And they want as much company in the lake of fire. All the people made in God's image and likeness. He wants many as he can get to take their lives and go with the demons down to the lake of fire. That's his whole objective. So I need you to put the tool of earplugs. Stop listening to the voice of the enemy more than the voice of God. The communications that he's coming at you are lies. If you're with people that all they do is tear you down, make you feel low, make you feel ugly, make you feel not enough, treat you like dirt. You're dealing with snakes. You're dealing with serpents. You're dealing with demonic activity. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but about principalities. These are evil people that you're dealing with. And they could be as beautiful on the outside and as ugly on the inside. Because you have to understand everything that looks good is not good. Delilah looked good until she betrayed Samson, had them cut off his hair and walked away with her change and never thought about him. You got to be careful. The most important tool that I'm going to talk to you now about is the spiritual divine weaponry. Now, when I first started talking to you, I gave you the scripture of 2 Corinthians. In 2 Corinthians, I'm going to read out of the NIV, this 2 Corinthians 10 verses 3 through 6 again, because I'm going to read it in two different other translations, because I want you to understand that when it comes to the tools, yes, I gave natural examples of tools, a mirror and earplugs, but now these are divine tools. And this is where it's important for you to have a relationship with Christ, because if you don't have the relationship to Christ, you don't have the access to these divine tools, which are the fight against the devil. The battle is the Lord's. When Christ himself was taken in the wilderness and he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, he combated the enemy with the word of God. 
But if you don't know the word of God, you don't know Christ, you don't have that link for the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, even though you're made in his image and likeness, you don't have that bond, that connection. He doesn't know you and you don't know him. That can be changed just by you asking and yielding and surrendering your life and saying you believe in Christ. But for those who hear me and they don't know God, these weapons I'm about to talk to you about, these tools, the most powerful tools, which is God's tools, you don't have access to them until you become a part of the family of God. Even though you are created, you are a creation of God, made in his image and likeness, but you have not reconciled the fact that you are a sinner, like I'm a sinner, and have not repented and said, God, forgive me. See me as Christ in his righteousness, not me, but see me through looking at Christ, and I'm one of his kids. But look at this scripture from this other version, NIV. For though we live in the world, and the other one talked about humans, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have, talking about the weapons, the tools, they have divine power to demolish strongholds through God, through his intercessory prayer, through his holy word, through the truth, through the spirit of truth, through the comforter, through the, the actual being, the entity of divine. They can know what's going on in your head. They can come and they can give truth. But guess what? If you want to listen to the evils of what Satan continually wants to pour in your brain and you don't want to hear, it says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. But if you want to only hear, what's on the television, what's on the radio, what they got on this streaming platform, what they got on that streaming platform, what your kids, your homies, everybody wants to tell you all the evil. You're not even given the opportunity, especially those of you that say that you love Christ. You're filling yourself in the portal of your being and your mind with more and more bricks of strongholds instead of letting the Holy Spirit deal with this. It says they have talking about these tools, these weapons, they have divine power to demolish, deconstruct, dismantle, demolish. Because guess what? Satan is building up. He's building up fortifications in your mind, in your thought life, because he wants to block out God. He wants to block out the truth. He wants to block out the people that can help you, that can support you, that can build you up. He wants you not to listen to anything but his demonic activity. But these divine weaponries of God can demolish strongholds, destroy them. Satan wants to destroy you. God wants to build you up. But in order to build you up, he has to demolish these strongholds in your thought life. Bring every thought captive because if you let them roam, they keep growing. They keep growing. They keep growing. And I know we hate the word cancer, but sometimes the demonic activity in your mind is just as cancerous as the disease cancer. And one cell begets another cell, begets another cell. And all of a sudden, you're not just thinking about hurting yourself. You're starting to try a little bit more. You're trying to do other dangerous things. You're trying to do things. And then you're starting to speak about it. And then you're going to try to act on it more and more to the point Satan's whole plan is to steal, kill, and destroy. It says, we demolish arguments. 
people have arguments, schizophrenics and people with bipolar, they're always having these. And I'm not saying all mental illness is not, is spiritual. Some of it's chemically imbalanced and you need to go to therapy. You need to go to the spiritual. You can get all the tools to help, but the arguments that people are having in their heads, the thoughts that they're having, they're seeing things, hallucinating, all this stuff is happening because these strongholds are getting bigger and bigger. And that's why people need to look for help, get help, speak it out loud so that you can say, I need help. Go get a therapist, a doctor, go get a counselor, go get prayer, go get help. Don't fight by yourself. It says we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. And I've talked to you about these strongholds. I said before, out of the abundance of the heart, mouth speaks. And the thing about the battlefield of the mind, especially in depression, especially in sadness and loneliness, you don't speak. You stop speaking and it's internal thoughts. You don't want to talk because if you start talking, sometimes people are going to hear that you're thinking some things that are not safe for yourself. And people are always, the serpent is always saying, you don't need to be about those people that talk about God. You don't need to be around the church. You don't need to be around the friends. And all of a sudden, then you don't want to be around those entities. You don't want to be around your family. You don't want to eat. And then you don't want to have medication if they've given you medication. I don't want to take the medication because it doesn't make me feel right. I can't think right. I can't do this. No, Satan doesn't want you to do eat food, be around people, take your medication, go to the doctor, go to school, do the things that would be healthy, go out and see some sunshine because he wants you to stay in that bubble where he can keep tormenting you. The snake of rejection is all slithering into your thought life to destroy you, to cause you to be sick, to have anxiety, have panic, to have your heart pacing. All this stuff is to cause you to feel destroyed, unsettled, overwhelmed. I can't take it anymore. I can't go through this anymore. I just can't live like this. And it's all for you to believe the lie that it would be better if I just ended it. The snake of rejection is all about destroying you. Here is another New English translation of that same scripture. I'm saying it, repeating it over and over again so you will understand that God has weaponry that is divine, but it's all about him. It's about the blood of Jesus covering you. Pray about it. Call his name. If you can't think of any other name to say, Jesus, 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 and say, help me. The demonic activity of this snake is all about torment. It's all about making you feel broken. It's all about making you feel that there is nothing but misery on this planet and that you are part of the issue and that the only thing you want to do is have peace. And the thing that he wants you not to have is God because God is the God of peace. And if you can believe that you're made in his image and likeness and that he loved you enough to come and give his life, you'll start to think differently. Here's the last speaking of this translation before I go to the last scripture. It says in New English translation, for though we live as, a, as human beings, 
We do not wage war according to human standards. I'm repeating this. For the weapons of our warfare are not human weapons, but are made powerful by God for tearing down strongholds. We tear down arguments and every arrogant obstacle that is raised up against the knowledge of God. And we, and we take every thought captive to make it obey Christ. We are also ready to punish every act of disobedience whenever your obedience is complete. Now, the thing about disobedience is when you start to see elements of the serpent is because order is just like he went to Eve, not Adam, just like he didn't go to God. He went to Eve. He went out of the order. He didn't go to God. He didn't go to Adam. He went to Eve. Here's the thing about the serpent. Let me give you an example that's practical. Right now, God says you should have a vow of marriage, man and woman. We question if it's man and woman. Then we say, well, why don't we just uh, get together? We'll have sex. We'll go ahead and have the babies before marriage. We'll get the house before marriage. We'll do all this stuff before marriage, and maybe we'll get married. God didn't say sex, babies, house, marriage. He said, you need to come together with your wife. The two shall become one flesh. Then you all together can make babies. You can make a home and all that stuff. But we've got the order our way because Satan doesn't want the home. He figures if he can get you all out of order, not paying sense to God, making up your own rules, and all of a sudden you got this whacked up family life. And then if you're whacked up, your kids are whacked up, the whole community and neighborhood's whacked up, the schools are whacked up, the whole community, everything is all out of order. And then we wonder why these kids are in their basements watching video games, killing fictitious characters on these things, and then they want to come out and start shooting up schools. When we take the position that we're listening to the lies in our heads and the strongholds in our heads are getting more and more, and then we filter that down to these children that we're having and not having any attention to them and not telling them about God and right and wrong, we wonder what's happening. Okay, I know. The last scripture I want to leave you with. So I've told you about the tool of the mirror. You're made in the image and likeness of God. I've told you about the earplugs, not listening to the lies of the devil. I've told you about the divine weaponry of the Lord, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the blood of Jesus, the prayer and intercession, the, the spirit of God. Those are divine weapons. They have an angelic force that is around us. They have an angelic force that fights battles in the supernatural. There is divine weaponry. If you ignore what I say, I want to read this last passage of scripture in three translations because I want repetition to get you to understand. We can see those of us with discerning eyes, especially God, God sees all. We see the outward appearance of your countenance. And I'm not saying you being phony and fake and putting makeup on and smiling all fake. I'm saying that when people see and have an eye to see and an ear to hear, they can see that something is going on on the inside of you that is not okay and that you are broken, that you are breaking apart, that you're crumbling on the inside. And that is my heart's desire of why I brought this topic up tonight, to say we need to dismantle, demolish, we need to, to, to just break apart Satan's rejection, that he's telling the lie that you are not enough, that you are unworthy to be loved. That is a lie from the pit of hell. And we do not want you to take your life. We do not want you to feel that you're unworthy, that you're unlovable, because that is not how God feels about you. He loves you. 
He loves you. That's why the scripture everybody says, for God so loved the world that he came, that he gave his only begotten son. That's the love he has, not the the devil. So let me read Proverbs 15, 13 through 15. The Amplified first, then the Living Bible, and then finally the Message Bible. A glad heart makes a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of heart, the spirit is broken. The mind of him who has understanding seeks knowledge and inquires after and craves it. But the mouth of the self-confident fool feeds on folly. All the days of the desponding and afflicted are made evil by anxious thoughts and forebodings. But he who has a glad heart has a continual feast regardless of the circumstances. Here's the Living Bible. A happy face means a glad heart. A sad face means a breaking heart. A wise man is hungry for truth while the mocker feeds on trash. When a man is gloomy, everything seems to go wrong. When he is cheerful, everything seems right. Here's the message. A cheerful heart brings a smile to your face. A sad heart makes it hard to get through the day. That's depression. An intelligent person is always eager to take in more truth. Fools feed on fast food, fads, and fancies. A miserable heart means a miserable life. A cheerful heart fills the day with song. And you know, I think of that scripture that says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. When you realize who you are with the Lord, whose you are, when you look in that mirror at your first instance of seeing yourself and remind yourself that you are made in the image and likeness of God and that God loves you, that he's known you before you were even in your mother's womb. And you just, when you get the opportunity and you hear garbage, you say, I'm not taking in garbage today. I'm seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness today. I'm not filling myself with worry and garbage of what the Satan and the serpent is trying to fill me to reject who I am and whose I am. I'm not going to take that garbage anymore. I'm going to start loving who I am and loving the God who made me. I hope tonight has helped some people. I hope that if you know some people who are struggling, I mean, they're struggling. And, you know, sometimes I think we're a little bit um, naive because we think if somebody is hurting, you can just throw scriptures at them. It doesn't work like that. People are in the mind space of strongholds. They are hearing voices of themselves, their own voices telling them how awful and how everything around them is awful and breaking apart and not enough. And it's just horrible. World is horrible and miserable. That message is going in their head in a loop and a loop and a loop, and it's getting louder and louder. And when you say things to them, and you may mean it from your heart, understand it just didn't happen overnight. That snake has been in them for a while. And they, some of the people you know need help, need counseling, need therapy, need medication, need prayer for sure, need intercessory, constant prayer, call their names out, cover the blood over them. 
But you have to be understanding that what's happening in the, the, the spiritual realm of rejection and depression and sadness and melancholy and the things that are happening with our young and old man and woman, boy and girl. God wants to demolish these strongholds through his divine weaponry. And saints of God, we are in the battle and Satan is not playing and we have to stop playing ourselves. I love you and Lord willing, uh, remember that the harvest is plenteous and the labors are few. We pray to the Lord of the harvest to have more laborers. Share, like, and subscribe. We love you. Thank you for joining Anita Helms Milkshake Mondays. Love you and Lord willing, I'll see you next week. God bless you. God bless. God bless.